This is the Life Truth Network. Quest for our truth. Episode 408. Quest for Truth, presented by Protectorate Productions and HPN, Heltsley Podcast Network. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here is your host, making moles out of a groundhog, Keith Heltsley. Hey everybody, this is your host Keith, and it's time once again for Quest for Truth, and it's another solo episode, you're stuck with me, <laughs> at least this time. Hey, uh, this have a uh, topic that's been uh, on my mind uh, lately, and I just wanted to bring it out and talk about it, a lot, a lot of scripture reading, we're going to dig into um, the, the topic of well, homosexuality, to put it bluntly. And uh, well, why it's uh, evil. It's an evil thing. It's not just a lifestyle, and it's not uh, this alternate, you know, rainbowy type of a choice. But I don't want to talk too much because uh, I think we do kind of go maybe a little longer than I really wanted to. But hey, uh, with all of that, hey, uh, check out uh, the folks there at the Christian Podcast Community, ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. You'll find a lot of awesome podcasters there a lot of good uh, theology preaching and teaching uh some really good homeschooling advice i really enjoyed that those uh, episodes and uh, just uh, you know there's a lot of um, varieties of voices and uh, things to talk about and hey you even have us there <laughs> kind of maybe i feel like i'm the oddball out there at least i know i'm an oddball hey but anyway uh, with that said, here, listen to this, and we'll be back right after that. So here we go. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. I think as parents, we assume that kids are going to just know the right way to do things. You have to train them by teaching them to do it over and over again until they actually get it. This is Yvette Hampton, host of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Join us each week for a new episode as we offer encouragement and resources on biblical discipleship from popular speakers and authors, as well as parents just like you and me. Find out more at schoolhouserocked.com or listen anywhere you find your favorite podcast. main topic.
Castle Rock Women's Health is a pro-women and pro-life clinic and ministry serving women of all ages and backgrounds in the community of Castle Rock, Colorado and the surrounding areas. Castle Rock Women's Health offers well women care, prenatal care, extended postpartum care, licensed clinical Christian counseling, fertility awareness, hormone therapy, childbirth classes, STI testing and treatment, ultrasounds, and even the abortion pill reversal. Castle Rock Women's Health uses your generosity to offer services at little to no cost for many women in situations where insurance is not available. But Castle Rock Women's Health needs your help. To serve women better in the community, Castle Rock Women's Health is looking to move into a new office. Please consider a charitable donation to help Castle Rock Women's Health offer life-affirming care and reach more women with the love of Jesus Christ by going to givesendgo.com forward slash CRWH. That's givesendgo.com forward slash CRWH and be a blessing to women in need. For more information about Castle Rock Women's Health, please visit our website at crwomenshealth.com. Thank you so much. Main topic. Today, I wanted to talk about a topic uh, with our modern times as they are with a lot of issues, especially these days with uh, being trans and transing the kids and a lot of rainbow flag issues over the past year. Uh, there is a topic in the Bible. It's about, well, Sodom and Gomorrah, to put it out there bluntly. And, you know, I got looking up in some new resources I recently acquired. And it turns out that uh, the word Sodom shows up something like 39 times throughout the scripture. And in conjunction with Sodom and Gomorrah, Gomorrah only shows up about 19 of those times. And to me, this kind of is interesting, and it kind of points out that, you know, Sodom seems to be the more uh, sinful evil of, of the bunch, <laughs> as it were. And I thought, well, um, let me look it up, because, you know, there's a lot of controversy, you know, air quotes. It's not really controversy. It's just people trying to... Uh, it's just people trying to uh, justify their own evil actions. And you might say, oh, evil, how would you, you call something like uh, homosexuality an evil thing? Well, I call it that, not because I want to call it that, but the Bible calls it that. Scripture calls it that. And God's Word calls it that. And so here we are. <clears throat> I, again, <laughs> Got some new resources to play with, and one of them is a uh, Nelson topical uh, Bible. And there's an entry on here about Sodom, and particularly that it was burnt. Uh, it, it's not a real long um, discussion here, but I only want to talk about this first point uh, on the on the entry, and that would be uh, a little bit about the history of Sodom uh, because if we're going to say that 
uh, you know, Sodom equates to homosexuality, and Sodom is evil, and therefore homosexuality is evil. Well, let's look at why uh, it even got that reputation. Uh, so, um, what we do know is it was located in the Jordan Plains, and we can start looking at Genesis 13. Now, if you look at the first mm, a half a dozen or so verses, I think one through seven or eight, you'll find out that it's during a time frame where uh, you know Abraham had gone off, uh, you know, led by God to leave his homeland, and now he is in this new place. Uh, I think his father and a brother or two had joined him, and Lot is his nephew. And it's come to a head, and their the, the shepherds <laughs> that they have working for them aren't getting along. There's a lot of fighting. And so Abraham puts it to Lot and says, look, look at the land here. If you say you're going to go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. But, but it's time to part ways. And in that ordeal, it talks about that, you know, the, the plains uh, were as uh, the Garden of Eden. I'm kind of really kind of paraphrasing all that. But, but Lot chose the, the, the lowlands, the plains, because he felt that there was well-watered, a lot of good land for growing their sheep. Well, this also, in that passage, mentions that uh, Sodom was in their, this part. But it was uh, in the Jordan Valley. It crossed the river, just east of the river. And, <clears throat> excuse me, if you look at the, uh, Verse 10 here in Genesis 13. Lot looked out and saw the entire Jordan Valley was watered like the Lord's garden in the land of Egypt. This was before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So you see there in that verse, it talks about how lush the land was. And it says, this is before uh, this destruction. So at this point, Everything looks good. Uh, there's no reason to think anything evil is happening here. But uh, it became Lot's residence uh, as we continue on, verses 11 to 13 or so. Uh, so Lot chose the entire Jordan Valley for himself. Then Lot journeyed eastward, and they separated from each other. Abraham lived in the land of Canaan, but Lot lived in land in the valley and set up his tent near Sodom. Okay, so he actually camped there near Sodom. And in verse 13 here, here it comes. Now the men of Sodom were evil, sinning greatly against the Lord. So even at this point, you know, Abraham would have been probably in his 70s. Uh, and uh, this would have come certainly sometime after the Tower of Babel. But by this time, they already had a reputation of being evil. The men in the town were evil. Um, now, the, this wickedness, they were notoriously wicked. Let's look at that verse again, 13, 13. Now, the men of Sodom were evil, sinning greatly 
against the Lord. They were already evil, and they were already sinning against the Lord. Now, so far, we haven't been privy to any of their sinful activities. It could be anything. We're just taking this at face value, just strolling through the passages, letting things unfold. All we know is it was an evil place. The men were evil, and they sinned greatly. And it could cover a lot of things. But let's continue. Now, the next thing we find out about Sodom is it was plundered by Chidor Leomer. <laughs> I'm not sure I can pronounce that name. And I'm still not sure if I pronounced that name correctly. Um, but let's skip ahead to the next chapter because I think I think 13 might be pretty much where that ends up. Okay, turn to page chapter 14. Now, this, what I'm looking at here, starts in verse 9. Let's read this and I'll pause a second. Against Chidor Leomer, titled King, wait a minute. Yeah, it says, Against Chedorliomer, king of, or someplace rather, title king of Gordon, Amrithal king of Shinar, and Ariach king of Eliezer. Okay, a bunch of names there, hard to pronounce. Um, but it starts out against, and it lists these people. Well, the, the verse before that, verse 8, again, it talks about the... Uh, the, there's like five different kings, Sodom, Gomorrah, Zor, and a couple of places I can't remember, but there's like five different uh, kingdoms. Uh, and, they're, and they're getting ready to uh, brace for battle against uh, all those kings that it's named. <laughs> uh, uh, it goes on. There were four kings against five. Now, the valley of Sodom contained many asphalt pits, and as the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell into them, but the rest fled to the mountains. The four kings took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food and went on. They also took Abram's nephew Lot and all his possessions, for he was living in Sodom. And they went on. And one of the survivors came and told Abram the Hebrew, who was at the oaks belonging to Mamre the Amorite, the brother of Ashkel, the brother of Aner. They were bound by a treaty with Abram. Abram heard that his relative had been taken prisoner. He assembled his 318 trained men born in his household, and they went in pursuit as far as Dan. And he and his servants deployed against them by night, attacked them, and pursued them as far as Hava, to the north of Damascus. That's a bit outside of the, the land there. Um, let's see, verse 16. He brought back all the goods and also his relative lot and his goods, as well as the women and the other people. Now, you see it's a bunch of things happening in here. Uh, of course, 
uh, one notable thing is it says that Lot lived in Sodom. Um, in the previous chapter, it says he pitched his tent near Sodom. So Sodom is beginning to get its hooks into Lot, uh, which, you know, I'm I'm willing to say he's still probably a, a fairly godly guy, fairly righteous man, but he's being tempted and lured into the city. He was encamped outside of it. Now he is encamped inside of it. And what did they get him? They got him carried away. Uh, all his possessions because he was living in Sodom. Uh, now, but that doesn't really tell us about Sodom. It doesn't tell us what kind of sins they had. It doesn't tell us what kind of evil things they had. But if you're going to live in close proximity to something that has the reputation that's notorious for uh, evil nature, you're going to be drawn into it to some degree. And here we find Lot that having it happen to him. He, he, he liked this land. I'm going to live near this town. Oh, uh-oh, now where I live in the town, he kind of got dragged into their midst. Um, now, once um, this battle was fought and Abram got back his lot, oh, it's another interesting thing to note that I want to bring out that has anything really to do with our discussion on Sodom. It talks about 300, I think it was 18 men in Abraham's household, they were trained. It doesn't mean all the men were trained, but it means at least these 300 or so men were trained uh, as bad, in, uh, in battle. <laughs> uh, so he probably had other shepherds, other men, these 300. Uh, he's 75-ish years old. Uh, he, he knows how to raise sheep, and he's the kind of got the kind of wealth that attracts people. But for some reason, God has not seen it fit to give him his own uh, sons or heirs well, yet. It would, it would, it, it's going to come. And we'll get there, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but as we look at uh, what's happening next here in the, the world of Sodom, we find Melchizedek brings a blessing and Melchizedek is one of those mysterious creatures. He seems to uh, have prominent place even into the New Testament and some of Paul's writings, especially in Hebrews. And I have to say, I don't quite get the uh, the weight that's put on him, the honor that's put on him. Well, I do, but I don't. I, I think it may be getting a little blown out of proportion uh, in in some ways they're presenting him. But let's see, let's look at Melchizedek too, as we continue talking about Sodom. There's some interesting things to point out here. Um, if we look at where we're we at. We are in Genesis still. Uh, we're still in oh, Genesis 14. Okay, we got it. 
Abram returned from defeating Chedorlaomer and the kings who were with him. The king of Sodom went out to meet him. Okay. Uh, in the valley of Shatter, I think it says, right? That is the king's valley. So here we see this king. It doesn't say he's good or evil. He just went out to this valley to meet meet up with uh, good old Abram. Well, let's check out what's happening here, too. Uh, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest to God most high. Now, let me pause right there. Even in, that doesn't say he was from Sodom. It just says he was Melchizedek, a king of Salem. He was a priest of the God most high. Now, it, it also means that uh, not everybody in this little plane was evil because here we have Melchizedek, a shining uh, beacon, uh, the servant of God here, priest of God. He's in this place. Well, so is Lot. But Lot seems to be drawn into some of the mess and got swept away by the mess because he did. He let his guard down about how evil uh, Sodom and all it represents really is. But this Melchizedek guy uh, lives there, uh, and he seems to be separate living there. Yeah. It also goes to show that even at this early time, I know Abram was you know, chosen to father the nation and so forth. That doesn't mean other people weren't priests of God or prophets of God. Uh, if you read, mm, what is it? Um, Numbers, we learn about Balaam. Balaam was said to be a prophet. He wasn't a very good prophet. <laughs> he was a kind of a corrupt prophet. But uh, but other people, not just uh, the Hebrews and the Jews, can uh, lay claim to having godly people. But it's more of a, an anomaly. Uh, I mean, even Job, not, not a Jew, was a, was a righteous. Well, ah, he's a righteous man. But God didn't choose him. He chose Abram. Uh, but here we are. Melchizedek, I remember the king of Sodom, he comes out. He's just hanging out in the plain. Here I am. Going to meet Abram in his valley of the kings. But here we find that we find that Melchizedek brings out refreshments and he blesses him. Let's continue on here, starting here at verse verse 19 here uh, he blessed him and said Abram is blessed by God most high creator of heaven and earth <clears throat> and give praise to God most high who has handed over your enemies to you and Abram gave him a tenth of everything or, or tithes Abram tithes uh, now, people will say, oh, well, he tithed to Melchizedek. That makes him in a place above Abram because you, you, know, you tithe to someone who is, uh, outranks you, I guess you might say. But that doesn't really say that. Uh, but, uh, but he did represent a, a priestly, godly figure. And, you know, um, Melchizedek's thing, as I mentioned, any of those kings that had had a, a dog in this fight, 
he's just a guy. He's a righteous guy who's there in the valley. And when Abram comes back, uh, he has you know, no claim, no, no, no booty, no stolen property. But he goes out of his way to bring refreshments to Abram and bless Abram, even though he didn't bring anything to him. He didn't have anything to gain by doing that. And the one that does have stuff to gain, remember King Sodom, he just hanging back there, just hanging back in the wings. Now, that's not necessarily evil, but, but check out what he does say here. Then the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people, but take the possessions for yourself. Well, so he wanted his people. I don't care about my stuff. I want my people. Now, there, uh, you can look at it too. He, he cares about his people, but not so much his stuff. Or you could look at it a little more perverse and say, he'd rather do some trafficking with some folks <laughs> than have a, a treasure. Um uh, we will find out that's pretty much true, but it doesn't, at least it kind of open there for you to kind of have your suspicions about. But it goes on. Uh, and Abraham is interceded for. Uh, we have to jump ahead to Genesis 18 uh, to find our next uh, instance of how Sodom appears. And um, it starts out with uh, the men got up from there and looked out over Sodom and Abram was walking uh, with them. Now let me stop right with that. Because of course the, the previous 15 or so verses, this is when fast forward 25 years or so, at least a good 20 years, 25 years, uh, and Abram has just been visited and said, you're going to have a son this, by this time next year. And uh, he, he had these visitors, okay, these three men, and it, he, he's just been told you're going to have a son by this time next year. And then it says, the men got up, and looked out over Sodom. Abraham was walking with them to see them off. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham is to become a great and a powerful nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him, for I have chosen him, so that he will command his children and his house after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. This is how the Lord will fulfill to Abraham, what he promised him. But he goes on in verse 20. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is immense, and their sin is extremely serious. So now it's not just you know, a bad place. It's more than just having a reputation. It's an evil place. It you know draws, you know, you know, air quotes, good men, like a lot, into it. Uh, but now it's immensely evil. And uh, God goes on, I will go down to see if what they have done justifies the cry that has come up to me. If not, I will find out. 
And the men turned from there and went towards Sodom, while Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Abraham stepped forward and said, Will you really sleep away the righteous with the wicked? Let me pause right there. So at this point, Abraham has been told he's going to have heirs, he's going to be a nation. At this point, uh, these men uh, have been sent to destroy Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah. They've been sent to destroy. Why? Because God has heard the outcry. He has heard uh, the pain and anguish from evil that's being done there. Now, I remember I haven't had any contact with this particular guy in probably a few years, and I don't really miss the contact. <laughs> but he's one of these uh, atheist guys who uh, gets his tackles up. Oh, how dare God! He's, a, he's supposed to be long suffering, slow to anger, and here he is. He's about ready to destroy the city. Well, it's been twenty-five years since we last saw Sodom. Already with evil reputation, already doing evil, already with evil king, already with evil men living there. And how long before that? Don't know. Sodom's not mentioned before that. But it, between these two passages, a good 20 year or more years have gone by. So is that slow to anger? Letting things slide for 20 years or more? I would say so. And I would got a feeling it has went on for a lot longer than that. And it's really coming to a really nasty head here. So God does uh, have long-suffering uh, patience, uh, abundance. <laughs> and he lets things go. Uh, and, and, and Sodom was definitely, definitively, distinctly evil. Immensely evil. To the point where God says, okay, you guys go wipe them out. But Abram is concerned that the righteous will be swept away. What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away instead of sparing the place? Oh, come on, God. You're a good loving God. You, you surely wouldn't do that. You could not possibly do such a thing to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. You could not possibly do that. Won't the judge of all the earth do what is just? And so, you know what? The Lord said, If at Sodom I find 50 righteous people in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham answered, Since I have ventured to speak to the Lord, even though I am dust and ashes, suppose that the 50 righteous lack five. Will you destroy the whole city for a lack of five? He replied, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Then he spoke to him again, suppose 40 are found there. He answered, I will not do it on account of 40. Then he said, let the door not be angry and I will speak further. Suppose 30 are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Then he said, since I have ventured to speak to the Lord, suppose 
20 are found there. He replied, I will not destroy it on account of 20. Then he said, since I ventured to speak to the Lord, suppose 20 are found there. He replied, I will not destroy it on account of 20. Then he said, let the Lord not be angry, and I will speak one more time. Suppose 10 are found there. And of course, the Lord would answer that he would not even destroy for 10. Uh, and of course, if we count up your fingers and toes, uh, who were the righteous people? Let's see, Lot, his two daughters, there's three, his wife, that's four. Allegedly, the two daughters may have had boyfriends, that'd be six. So there was definitely less than 10. Uh, there certainly what wasn't 10. But, you know, even for that less than 10, because clearly we'll find out later or in a moment, we'll find out that the daughter's uh, fiancés thought it was a joke. They didn't leave. We find out that his wife would turn to a pillar shop. But it ended up only three righteous people, air quotes, righteous people. Uh, not that Lot was all that righteous. Uh, and certainly his daughters uh, were less than righteous. Uh, we won't quite get that far. But uh, well, let's go ahead and continue. Here's where Sodom is destroyed by God. In Genesis 19, um, 1 through 28, it's kind of a bit of a read here, but let's dive into this. The two angels entered Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting at Sodom's gate. When Lot saw them, he got up to meet them. He bowed with his face to the ground and said, My lords, turn aside to your servant's house. Wash your feet and spend the night. Then you can get up early and go on your way. Now, again, Sodom has had an evil reputation. And Lot's not just concerned about you know, the thugs on the street and the gangsters on the prowl. Uh, he, he's not afraid just simply about being robbed. Uh, staying outdoors, uh, not locked up and secure, was definitely uh, not good. You know, and I can only imagine we compare that to some of our modern cities, especially what I hear about what's happening on the West Coast. Some, a lot of homeless people wandering around. I bet you uh, to the uh, visiting person it you wouldn't want to stay on the street <laughs> uh, anyway let's look at this uh as we continue on here no they said we would rather spend the night in this square but he urged them so strongly that they followed him and went to his house he prepared a feast and they and unleavened bread for them and they ate I kind of munched a couple words there but hey they were all ready to spend the night outside I mean, they, they were going to come and destroy the place anyway. Why the matter of them? But of course, Lot didn't know that. He just recognized that these were some strangers in town. They're about to do something that could get themselves hurt if they were just regular people. 
but before they went to bed, the men of the city of Sana, both young and old, the whole population, surrounded the house. They called out to Lot and said, where are the men who came to you tonight? Send them out to us so we can have sex with them. Uh-huh. Finally, there's the sin that makes the town so evil. Now, some people will say uh, they'll try to shift uh, the punishment. They'll, they'll, they'll say, oh, it's because the, the men tried to get Lot. No, they were already on the chopping block. God had already uh, sent his angels out to, to wipe them out. So they're already on, on death row, we'll see, right now. Uh, from the time those those men, the angels, showed up and Lot says, no, you can't sleep outside. Their mission was to you know, destroy the place. So the, their destruction was already in motion but here we have some interesting things it said men of the city both young and old all the city i'm going to assume that means all the men of the city but here's an interesting thought i had is maybe this city was the city of men maybe there weren't any women there well except for lots family presumably and maybe that's what gomorrah was i'm guessing don't don't quote me on that the Gomorrah sound like it might be a place for all the, the prostitutes to be and sort of the place for all the uh, men who wanted to have orgies with men went uh, well they get their monkey pox ah, yuck um, but hey young and old all the men that came beating on, on Lot's door Lot went out to them at the entrance and shut the door behind him he said don't do this evil, my brothers. Look, I've got two daughters who haven't had sexual relations with a man. I'll bring them out to you, and you can do whatever you want to them. However, don't do anything to these men, because they have come under the protection of my roof. Wow. See, there's, to me, that's lot showing a little bit of his colors there. I mean, you have this whole kindly old dad who's willing to throw his daughters to the walls. Wow. Uh, you can tell some of their evil ways have seriously begun to rub off on him. Uh, and, and But maybe he knew that they weren't interested. Maybe he knew that these were the kind of men who didn't really give a rip for young virgins. They cared more about uh, homosexual orgies, but it let me. Uh, but anyway, he he tried he tried to stem the tie. He tried to, uh, you know, offer a bait and switch. Uh, you know, had he realized who these men were that he's trying to protect in his house, he's willing to protect strangers to, to sacrifice his daughters. Uh, but had he, he still doesn't know who they are. But had he known that they're there to destroy, I mean, maybe he, he wouldn't have, you know, been so uh, adamant to stand up and try to you know, stem the tide, as it were. Let's keep on reading this. Get out of the way, they said, adding, this one came here as a foreigner, but he's acting like a judge. Now we'll do more harm to you than to them. They put pressure on Lot and came up to break out the door. The angels brought Lot in the house with them. They struck the men who were at the door of the house, both young and old, with a blinding light, so they were unable to find the door. I kind of rushed through that and paraphrased it a little bit. Uh, but you can see suddenly 
action, a lot of action taking place. Lot tries to be the rescuer of these men, and they ended up, the angels, that is, ends up being the rescuer of him. They grab a hold of him and jerk him back inside because, uh, you know, these uh, uh, evil men, these uh, the homosexual men that were are there, uh, did like, hey, you're the, you're a foreigner here. You're trying to tell us what to do. Who are you? <laughs> Who sent you here to tell us all this stuff? We're going to get you. But the these angels uh, in this version, I believe this is the NASB that I'm reading from here. Um, I think it's what I copied it. This passage is from. Uh, it's saying that they were struck by a blinding light. Uh, I think in other versions it may say they were struck blind or they were blinded. Uh, but the young and old, all these men. Uh, <clears throat> but the thing is, they struck the men who were at the door of the house with a blinding light so that they were unable to find the door. Now, I think in some versions it says that they were co continued to look for the door. Uh, and that's why does that tell you you're struck blind and you and you want to do such evil? You're willing to scratch in the dark trying to find that door. It, it's not like you're oh my gosh I've been blinded I'm gonna lay on the floor in agony. And I mean that would be the typical response. These men were so evil it didn't matter that they were suddenly blinded. They're gonna do what they can to you know play zombie apocalypse and try to break down the door or something. I don't know. But let's continue because this goes on. And and remember, the city has already been condemned. It's already on a chopping block. Uh, it's not because the behavior of these men at Lot's house in the heat of the moment. It's because this evil had already been going on. And this is the reputation the city had. The angel said to Lot, do you have anyone else here, a son-in-law, your sons and daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of this place, for we are about to destroy this place because of the outcry against this people is great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Wow. Uh, so, you see, they they were already sent. You know, none of the events that happened uh, just now with Lot. None of that would matter. They were already doomed before they acted that badly. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were going to marry his daughters. Get up, he said. Get out of this place for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. Oh, come on there, Uncle Lot. <laughs> no. We, we like this evil place. We're I wonder how much were participants uh, in the evil his sons-in-laws were. Uh, but yeah. But some people don't take the hint. And oh, this is just a big joke. But no, continuing on. At the crack of dawn, the angels urged Lot on, get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away in the punishment with the city. But he hesitated. So because of the Lord's compassion for him, the men grabbed his hand, his wife's hands, the hands of his two daughters, and they brought him out and left him outside of the city. So uh, Lot hesitated. He's like, 
you know, do I really want to go? Maybe he was afraid to face, you know, potentially angry men out there. But these angels, you know, took him by the hand and gave them angelic protection to get out of the city whenever there was any hesitation. And why? Not because Lot was really all that righteous, because he's like he kind of wasn't, but because God has compassion on him. Even though he didn't deserve it, even though he wasn't all that righteous, God still had compassion on him to get him out. As soon as the angels got them outside, one of them said, run for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere on the plane. Run to the mountains or you will be swept away. But they told him, they got him out. They, they just told him flat out, run, run for the hills and don't stop running. But Lot said to them, no, Lord, please, no, your son, if you're, ah, well, one more time. But Lot said to them, No, Lord, please, your servant has indeed found favor in your sight, and you have shown me great kindness by saving my life, but I can't run to the mountains. The disaster will overtake me, and I will die. Look, this town is close enough for me to run to. It is a small place. Please let me go there. It's only a small place, isn't it? So that I can survive. And, uh, and maybe I can get it, you know, because Again, Abraham is like in his 90s. Uh, who knows how old Lot is? Maybe Lot is in his 70s. You know, I'm not all that young anymore. If someone told me, run, run for the hills, I'd be like, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I could walk. I'll walk to the hills. I don't know about running to the hills. And maybe he was the same way. Maybe he uh, felt, was feeling his age. I, I don't know. But he, He's just so overwhelmed by this. Uh, and, and still, God had some concessions. He, he said, okay, uh, you go to this little town. Uh, but let's continue reading here and see how that worked out. He said to him, all right, I'll grant your request about this matter too. I will not overthrow the town you mentioned. Hurry up. I'm there, for I cannot do anything until you get there. Therefore, the name of the city is Zor. I think Zor is Hebrew for small or little. Um, so, uh, God sent these messengers to not only destroy the place, but get Lot out. He had to be pushed out because he was hesitant, dragged out by his hands. <laughs> he was warned to run for the mountains. He said, how about that town? And on every turn, for this man who is questionably righteous, God has concessions on that because he even has con compassion on those who at least have an inkling of uh, awareness towards God. They may not be the best people. Uh, they maybe was a lot more interested in staying in Sodom and what is recorded. I don't know. Uh, let's not go there. Read too much into all this. Uh, verse 23, the sun had risen over the land when Lot reached Zor. Then the Lord rained burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah out of the sky. He threw over through the cities, the entire plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and, and, and whatever grew on the ground. But his wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. 
And that's where we're going to stop with that. At least on that uh, passage. We'll read more in a second. Uh, but yeah, God's concession was on lot the whole time. And his wife, apparently, as much concession as God had, uh, by her looking back, it showed her regrets for leaving such an evil, evil place. Uh, so even though she was rescued out of it, her heart was still there as she looked back over. Uh, and then it wasn't until they were at least clear to this town that the fire and brimstone fell and swept every living person and thing away. Uh, why? Not because these guys tried to break down Lot's door, not because they tried to rape these angels, uh, because they had already been doing these things for so long and had become so evil uh, that God uh, sent it. The, the destruction was already sent. There was due to no actions on the parts of any of these players in this scene. Uh, their fate was already sealed. Uh, and so you can't say, oh, it's, it was just these people behaving badly. Well, yeah, it was, but it was, it was that times how many years, how many people through those years. Uh, and we, we have the same kind of perversions in our cities today. And, and how bad do they have to get? I mean, uh, with current governorship and mayorship and even presidentship uh it, it seems to lend to making things worse and worse more homeless people more drugs more crime uh, more uh, trafficking more of this horrible stuff and uh, how much longer will it take uh, well in this case it was at least 20 some years but it already had a bad reputation uh, even 20 years prior uh, God let things go maybe all the, our, our horrible cities will have years and decades to come but a day will be coming uh, where God will bring judgment uh, but uh, Lot is of course sent out of the city Uh, we can flip over to the next chapter, Genesis 19. And so it was when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and brought Lot out of the middle of the upheaval. Excuse me. When he overthrew the cities where Lot had lived and then we have the origin of Moab and Ammon Lot departed from Zor and lived in the mountains along with his two daughters because he was afraid to live in Zor instead he and his two daughters lived in a cave and I am going to end with that because the more I go <laughs> the more I can feel my uh, throat getting more and more scratchy. Uh, I, I think it's just, you know, I probably should just you know, drink more water. <laughs> but I'm lazy. But anyway, 
that is uh, where we find Sodom in scripture and it's claimed to, well, infamy and all throughout uh, outside of this couple of chapters here, every single time that Sodom is mentioned and, and especially Sodom and Gomorrah in conjunction, it refers to the epitome of evil that you can't get it much worse than evil that was going on there and it and its king feature was homosexuality especially uh, men with men uh, especially wanting to brutalize anybody any new stranger fresh meat that came into town uh, and uh, they didn't care uh, it was all about them and all about their lifestyle. And it's, uh, you know, uh, even God had compassion on Lot, whose righteousness was questionable. And everyone that can say, oh, I know somebody, I got a family member who is gay, or I have a neighbor who is, or insert whatever relationship. And it's not that we should judge them as evil and condemn them because it's not when I say condemn I mean to death it's not our place uh, it isn't God's law uh, but with Christ we don't necessarily uh, we're not necessarily called to follow that law why because Christ fulfilled that law that we should we could try to live by it as as much as we can but the requirement is never explicit that we must do so in the New Testament teachings, that everything in the law that, that you and I can't do. And there's a lot if you read the law. It's like, well, I didn't know. I was breaking the law. I'm breaking the law right now. I didn't know. Uh, but Jesus fulfilled all that. And so because he did, we should at least show some of the same compassion God did, even on Lot, even on his wife who looked back, even on his son-in-law who thought it was a joke, even on his sister or daughters who, well, we didn't read about it, but uh, were incestuous, put it that way, which is where Moab and Ammon came from. Uh, even if these evil lifestyles and bad lifestyle choices God still has compassion on us enough to have sent Christ so that we don't have to pay that eternal uh, judgment, that eternal death sentence, that the, you know, the epitome of evil cities, Sodom and Gomorrah paid. Well, that's the topic. Um, and uh, that's all I have for the time being. So with that said, I guess I'll... Um, See you all next week. And I think next week we will be returning to a truth exposed. You know what? Uh, let me get my throat a break <laughs> and listen to these folks from the Christian podcast community. I'll be right back. Two, two, two great books and one website. Visit strivingforeternity.org. There are two books that I would like to recommend you purchase. What they, meaning people who aren't Christians, other religions believe, and what we believe. 
Systematic Theology Made Simple. Both are great resources, especially if you plan on witnessing to somebody. Strivingforeternity.org. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you with us. I am your squirrel, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Squirrel Chatter is a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the public reading of Scripture. Please remember to do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not to do. Do everything you do for the glory of the Lord. And we'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Scroll Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster. Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Romali here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. How's everybody doing this morning? Nice morning here in Arizona. Well, keep us in prayer. I'll keep you guys in prayer. Uh, this is Pastor Dominic Romali, Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Romali. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org. All right, and there we go. Hey, this is your host, Keith, signing off. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Please do tell a friend about us. This what grows our audience the most. And hey, I've noticed that Nathan Caldwell, our co-host, has been really busy out there doing his own thing. He's been busy with that uh, clean uh, fiction magazine. Hey, check it out if you haven't. It's some really good stuff. Uh, it's ran by, uh, I understand, a good Christian woman. And, uh, they do uh, try to find uh, wholesome, family-friendly material out there so uh, support them uh, we don't get any they're not a sponsor <laughs> people who do good work need to be supported anyway that's all i got so hey we'll see you next week thanks for listening and take it away and say the result help people how to find us and contact us and all that good stuff like that there visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. 
find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at HPNCast, capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May God richly bless you. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.